One well, blood this is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong, powerful Jorge Quesada. Jorge, are you ready to do this? Let's do this. Let's go, man. <laughs> Jorge is the chief inclusionist with Granite Construction. They are America's infrastructure company. He is the host of the Construction DEI Talks podcast, and he is back on Lifeblood. Jorge, tell us a little about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Wow. Um Right off the bat. I love it. I love it. So let me tell you, um, I'm going to say right off the bat, I think it was a calling. Um, I didn't go to school to do diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, at that time, we didn't even, I wasn't even calling it that, right? It was a more multicultural marketing. And then that led to how do we require, you know, how do we recruit more people that were multicultural? We didn't say diverse, right? And so um, that's how I got hired. And then ultimately where I'm at now, the practice has evolved. And I almost, I don't want to say it parallels project management because I don't want to dismiss the great work that has been done around project management. But I, I use that as a parallel because of the practice, how project management evolved, right? From people being accidental project managers to people actually getting certified to be project managers the same thing is happening with diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think people um, started doing the work because it was needed. And then through just really good timing, um, people realized, wait a minute, there's an art and a science to this, kind of like project management. And so that that is from the work perspective. Family is doing great. And I'm just, you know, um, it's overused, but it's truly a blessing for me to be where I'm at here with Granite. Um, to be in Northern California with my wife and have my kids now that it, um, one has graduated, um, one of my daughter who's going through college, um, finding her way, her niche. And so it's great seeing her evolve and grow as like my son and then starting their, you know, my son starting his career. And so so thank you for asking the question. You, you got me into my fields, as they say. I, uh, um, that's awesome. Thank you for that. I love it. And I think that that's a, a, a really helpful parallel between project management and where we are with DEI today. So mm. where, what are you thinking as we're, we're now into 2023? What are you looking forward to? You know, I, I think one of the things that I do, um, and this has been in the last five years to be, to be honest, George, um, I like, I do my planning like mid December, I start planning for the coming year. And now the last two years, I've actually stretched it to the next two years, you know, not year, but two years out and not getting too far ahead of myself because I'm really conscious of being in the present. But what it does, it allows me to, to really step back and become a beginner again and have that beginner's mind. And it's almost like I challenge myself to be unconsciously incompetent um, because what I challenge myself is what do I have to unlearn that I learned the previous year or in the years before, and what do I need to relearn or learn something new to get better at the work that we're doing? And this came into play and it's been really in, uh, important now for us, I think in diversity, equity, and inclusion. There was a time where you have folks with tremendous wisdom that started this work back in the 80s, 90s, and now we have some voices from a different generation that is talking about this work totally different 
than the way we were talking about it in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. We have some folks who are really enlightening us on language, enlightening us on environments, enlightening us on how to approach people differently. Why? This is a perfect example. You and I having this conversation, we're having it on Zoom. Think about that. In the 80s, night never existed, right? We may have been able to do a conference call, but we can actually see each other, right, doing this. Yeah. You were in a totally different place than you were last time that you did it. And so the technology, we, we got to catch up with the technology. We have to make people feel included. They, they feel like they belong when it's not in front face-to-face anymore. And there was, a, there was an author by the last name of Nath, Naismith who wrote a book called Megatrends 2000. And, and at that time he was projecting, and I read this book in high school back in the you know, early 80s. And one of the things that he said is like, we're going to go to high tech, but then we're going to have to balance high tech with high touch. So how do you create high touch in the era of Zoom, Teams, right? Go to meetings, virtual calls, when you have a generation of folks saying that the way you build culture is you do it in person. Well, there are companies that have been built in a virtual environment. So, so, you know, we have to change the way. So that's why I challenge myself, George. So when you ask that question, it's like, that's where I think we that have been in the practice have to not humble ourselves, but we need to just be a little bit more vulnerable and, and challenge ourselves to have that beginner's mind. Oh, I love it. And I couldn't agree more. The importance of, of embracing that, 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 that beginner's mindset. And that's, you know, you're intentionally moving yourself from comfort to discomfort. So every ounce of our humanity says, don't do that. But in order to serve the people that you want to serve and bring the people along that aren't necessarily up to all the tech, right? But you want to be able to include them in the direction that everything is moving in. Well, you know, and, and, and I appreciate you you positioning it that way because you just gave me some insight. I think, um, and, and I'll, the, the reason why I'm reacting this way, it seems like you know, if, if you read anything on stoicism or if, if you read Ryan Holiday at all, right, he talks about the obstacle is the way. Um, and I believe Seneca or even Marcus Aurelius says something like that, right? The impediment to action is the action. So, so in order for you, we as practitioners are teaching people how to leave their comfort zone. So we have to do it too, right? We have to, we have to say to ourselves, what's our comfort? Is it in our wisdom? And if it is, then we got to get out of that so that we can learn new things because different ears, different minds are requiring different ways of communicating to them. So very, thank you for that insight because I think that is the connection for me. Yeah. Well, 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 you are welcome. We sort of stumbled upon that together. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we did. Didn't we? Is our comfort wisdom? And yeah, it certainly is. Mm-hmm. And you look at all the different companies that have really broken new ground, it's thinking differently. The Airbnbs of the world and Ubers of the world. And you are doing DEI and this important work in a, we talked about it last time in Mm -hmm. the construction world Mm -hmm. and having to do it virtually um, Mm -hmm. in a world that's not really predominantly that way or that that way at all. You can't, you can't, you can't do construction from your home. Like you can't (laughs) pave a road. You know, we can't have our crew working from home and still have the road paved. 
Now, there's some technology that allows you from autonomous vehicles to do certain things, right? You could be at home running something, but the reality is you got to be at the site. You got to be there. So spot on. Uh, I think we're doing this work. Um, we're doing this work. You know, now the term is hybrid, right? Um, I would tell you that in order to do this work, you almost have to be hybrid um, in, in how you engage people, the different modalities that you have to use to reach them. Um, you have to think. So one of the things since we last talked about, we, we've... Uh, um, developed a new platform. We call it Granite Radio. And so, but, but think about this, right? We realize that there's a lot of folks in, in our craft um, area that can't stop what they're doing to jump on a call like this. So we have an app, uh, we call it the Granite app. And so we record our, um, our broadcast of Granite Radio. We put it on the Granite app and they can listen to it on their way home, right? Or on the way to work. And so democratizing the ability or giving the access or creating the equity for people to have the same communication around is, is something that I think we think about here at Granite all the time. Super powerful. You know, it's, it's, it's hard, it's different, but it's, it's, it's 100% worth doing and mm, being able yes. to, there was a quote that you put on social media on LinkedIn that said, uh -huh. all organizations are perfectly designed to get the results that they get. Yes. And I read that. I was like, that is, yes. You know, it, and Deming, right. Deming gets credited for that. There's other folks. There's a gentleman in Australia that took a different twist to the, that, that definition, but Deming um, um, is gets credited for that. And, 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 and I've, I've taken that on with, with the conscious unconscious incompetence to, so if we're getting certain results, it's because of the, the alignment or how we've designed the organization. So if we want something differently, we have to think about the systems. Like what systems do we have to reshape, redesign, recreate, redevelop, improve in order to get new results? And maybe that gets into, you know, um, what's that quote? Einstein, you know, insanity is doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results. Maybe that's a twist. Deming took a twist of that, of that um, saying. But, but you do, you have to, you know, in the, in, when we were, I was doing some work on change management and organizational design, someone brought a beach ball and you can only see certain colors based on your perspective. So the beach ball has many colors. You may only see the yellow and the blue, but someone else is looking at red, green, you know, and black. You have to be able to turn that beach ball around so that you could see their perspective. And so the reason why I bring that up based on um, that quote is you literally have to understand how you need to get information to someone like at Granite, um, to our craft workers. So what would you have to design? What would you have to have different in order to do it? And if you're not thinking about technology now, you're going to miss the boat, right? Because I think the modalities that we experienced in the 80s and 90s may not be right for the times of today. So this is why podcasts even think about that, right? Podcasts um, was is a perfect example of that some of the some people get a lot of information based on the content that you provide in, in in your podcast. Yeah, it's fascinating, and it's such a worthwhile thing to consider. Is if if we really did play out 
what is the best possible, like what is what we're doing guaranteed to, to give us? If it works exactly the way that it's working, mm-hmm. what is the result we're going to get? And is that the result that, that we really want? Mm. And, and, you know, so in that vein, this is where the diversity comes in because not everyone receives information the same way. So if you're open to that, then you start designing not just with one option, you create a 360 you know, engagement for people. So some people may take it as a, um, as a podcast. Some folks want to read it. Some folks want to come into a meeting and learn about it. So you have to have this, this, this therity, dexterity and agility to be able to shift accordingly. And this gets back to, there's things that you got to unlearn. Like Adam Grant wrote that book, Rethink. And that's where I, I guess why I'm, I'm really thinking of that because I just read it over the holidays. And this notion of you have to challenge yourself like a scientist, right? You have to see the problem. What are you trying to you know, improve? What are you trying to correct? Um, and, and so, um, and you have to have that, that ability to be curious, to pursue, and then be able to have different options. So yeah, spot on. I think the the one modality may not be the answer. It may be a 360 surround sound type of approach that you need to have. Yeah. And I imagine you mentioned craft workers. There's folks that are that are in and out of trucks all day and heavy equipment. And then you've got you've got folks in 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 corporate headquarters that are not in and out of trucks and not working on heavy equipment every day. Correct. Um, so 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 this goes back to the word hybrid to me, right? So hybrid right now, when you say it, people think work from home, work from the office, how many days a week, blah, blah, blah. But the definition is broader, right? You always have to think about, you're always designing in hybrid perspectives. So we have to embrace, maybe we have to embrace the hybrid. You know, maybe that's what we want to say. Yeah. Well, it's certainly, you know, not doing so is that your, your, your own peril because if you're, if your desire is to include people in the direction that you're moving in, you mm-hmm. better embrace that. Otherwise you will leave people behind. Yeah. You know, um, someone recently said to me um, that there's a danger in thinking in absolutes. And, and when they said it to me, it was, I, I felt like it was challenging me because maybe of the conviction that I was conveying at the time. Um, but now that I think about it, <clears throat> excuse me, there's, there's power in that because if, if, if you're going to create this conviction to live in absolutes, what happens if it doesn't play out? You know, it, it's a, it's a very uh, solid, very brittle type of aspect, right? It can crumble on you. Then what's your next option? And so I challenge myself again, to be more fluid, to have more dexterity, to have more agility, to be able to see the opportunity and to adjust to it. And that's, I think, when you ask the, the the bigger question is, what are we doing in DEI and what are we thinking about? That's what we're trying to introduce. We're literally trying to introduce this thing of being more, having more dexterity and agility. What jumped into my head when you were talking about the danger and thinking in absolutes mm-hmm. is the difference between being an advocate and being an activist. Mm. And I think I always want to be an advocate for the things that I really believe in. And I think that yep. an activist, that's like, I'm going to die for this idea. I'm not going to die for an idea. I'm going to advocate for things that I think are right, but I'll be, I'm willing to hear new information and change. Yeah. You know, I think um, I'm going to, I'm going to have to think about that because I think um, we all have 
both in us, the ability mm-hmm. to have both in us. And so what is it to your point about what moral conviction do I want to not get off of? Um, that's not going to allow me to grow. That's not going to allow me to get out of my comfort zone. Right. So, so I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting one. And a lot of times I think that we use words interchangeably when we ought not certainly mm-hmm. crossover and all these things, but it goes back to what you talked about right at the beginning. It's like, am I married to any ideas? What do I need to get rid of? What do I need yeah. to unlearn? What do I need to learn for the first time? Yeah. You know, I'll tell you one that really hits home for me in that. And, and thank you for allowing me to explore it. And that is, so I was reading some works on the, the Dalai Lama and he was talking a lot about compassion, compassion. And then, so that took me down a different path. I'm like, why is he using compassion and not using empathy? And right now there's a lot of, a lot of work that really amplifies empathy. And there's a come almost like a continuum that he, he mentions they talks about pity is feeling sorry for someone. Sympathy is acknowledging it, right? Like, oh, you know, I feel for you kind of thing. But, you know, and then empathy is that that I, I can put myself in your position, right? So I empathize with you. I understand where you're coming from kind of thing. But compassion takes that empathy and provides assistance, provides help. When you're compassionate, you're actually feeling for someone and you're feeling what they're feeling but you're there to help them. And so I think sometimes like when you were talking about words, I think some folks are using empathy and trying to get people to say to help, but there's a definition for that and it's called compassion. And so that's, I think what, what, what lands on me also. So as, as you shared the activist and advocate thing, now that I'm processing it, I'm, I'm starting to, it's starting to like radio frequency back in the day, right? Like, the, the 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 radio station is starting to dial in for me. So so thank you for that. Oh, I love it. That's super powerful. The Dalai Lama is one smart human being right there. So you know, I love that. A um, lot of wisdom there. A lot of wisdom there. I love it. Well, Jorge, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? So, you know, you gave us a shout out. Um, come listen to the Construction DEI Talks. It's, yes, it is for construction. We talk about construction topics. But the DEI conversations that we're having applies, you know, across industry. So that's the first thing that I would want uh, coming out of this podcast. Number two, I'm on LinkedIn, as as you mentioned, right? Um, I'm pretty active on it. So please reach out, Jorge Quesada, with, uh, and it says MBA. That's how I differentiated myself on there. Uh, please reach out, um, you know, tell us that you heard, you know, the conversation on the podcast today. And then um, it'll be easier to, uh, to say, accept the, inv- the invitation. Um, and yeah, that's the best two ways for, for people to get a hold of me. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show her your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Check out the Construction DEI Talks podcast where you listen to your podcast and find Jorge on LinkedIn. It's Jorge Quesada, MBA. And I'll link that in the notes of the show as well. So you'll be able to click right on it and find him. Thanks again, Jorge. George, thank you, brother. Thank you. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.